time it's 11.40. I think I'll go a little bit over time. Definitely I'll go over 12. And uh, we are starting with the book of Revelation. I will be talking about the book of Revelation. We will not go verse by verse. It's not a Bible study. I intend to do three, three services on the book of Revelation. And I depend on feedback. So if you want if you depend on the feedback that you give me, we will continue. If not, we'll just stop the project. Uh, altogether, I would say that there would be probably 18 lessons, or 18 services that we can draw just to get a basic idea about the book of Revelation. But I'd like to do it rather than it, in a way of, uh, of, of knowledge uh, that it's meaningful to us, that we get something out of it. So the book of Revelation uh, was the last one to be admitted uh, or admitted into the canon of the Bible. It is written by John. Some people think that there were many Johns at the time uh, of uh, when that was written. And um, some say that it was John uh, the Apostle. Others say there was a different John. There is a lot of different ideas about the book of Revelation. Some people believe, uh, like Bullinger, Bullinger is an excellent numerologist, uh, he's a Jewish uh, uh, scholar, fantastic. Uh, I disagree with his view, he believes that the book of Revelation is after the church is taken up, and it's for a Jewish remnant, that it's in the seven churches in Asia. Uh, there are other commentators that believe that the book of Revelation is... Uh, all futuristic, others that it's all historical, so there's so much written about the book of Revelation. Uh, Martin Luther didn't want to include the book of Revelation in the canon. He thought that that book should not be there. And the book of Revelation is not the only book, apocalyptic book, or book that reveals. Uh, there are other books, uh, like the book of Daniel, and uh, in Jewish literature there is a lot, uh, Zacharias, Ezekiel, and so on. And the problem that we have is the way that we read the book and the way that we understand prophecy. So the way that we understand prophecy is everything futuristic. So if I come and tell you, if I tell that I'm a prophet, you would expect me to tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. Well, that's not prophet. That's fortune telling. A prophet was able to tell their past, like Nathan with David. Hey, David, what you did with that woman? Oh, how do you know? Well, a prophet knows the past, knows the present, and knows the future. So prophecy can be about the past, the present, and the future. God is revealing the past, revealing the present, and revealing the future. The book of Revelation is not different than, uh, than that. And uh, the book of Revelation has been massacred, I'm sorry to say that, by many. And uh, it was read like a newspaper and definitely should not be read like a newspaper. I disagree with that. Now, you might have your own views. So we will not be looking at the book in, um, in a way that uh, traditionally has been looked in the last uh, hundred years, we will uh, try to see if, how can we read it as a church, as see a leaf. So the book has really made an impact, although uh, some scholars did not want it in the canon of the Bible, the book has made a tremendous impact like no other book, and especially with movie makers and storytellers and uh, novel writers. So much so that the word apocalypse, which is revelation, has been used so many, in so many movies. And we say, oh, there was an apocalyptic thing, you know, uh, apocalypse now. And uh, certainly it has made a huge, huge impact. Not only that, but there were many books written 
that people took it literally. And the authors then proceeded, because there was so much money making in it, as a literal book, like uh, Hal Lindsey, uh, the uh, late or the great late uh, Planet Earth. And there were others, uh, like uh, movies that were made, like A Thief in the Night, and, and so many others that were just novels. Don't take him that that is the book of Revelation. Please, when you watch a movie, think it's a novel. It's something about Hollywood. It's nothing to do with what the book is saying. Yes, there's extracts from it, but it's not what the book is all about. And uh, so by now you would see that I disagree with uh, people like uh, Tim LaHaye, I disagree with people like Clarence Larkin. I disagree with people like uh, Bullinger. And, uh, but I can tell you that I'm not a minority. In fact, I think that I'm in a majority. So majority of scholars today have canned, have dismissed this idea. So you go to any Bible institute and they will tell you how wrong that was. So uh, this was a very new, very modern way of thinking about uh, the, the book of Revelation and making it into a, uh, a novel. So let's, put, let's set it how we're going to read it. So imagine that we are in a Roman theater and we're sitting there and that's exactly how the book is written. It's written like today we would call it a movie. And although there were made many movies, none of them is in a way that Revelation was written. And imagine that there are voices through the windows that are talking. And then all of a sudden, someone appears, and that voice is nothing like what you imagined. And then you would see that horses come running, and things happen. It's, uh, it's like, a, uh, like being in a theater. And people would have been fascinated at the time, reading the book. And so should we. So we should not be afraid to read the book of Revelation, even if we don't understand it. Even if you think, oh, I don't know what to think, it's all mumbo-jumbo, and we don't read it. We give up because we want to know what's the next step. Don't read it like that. It's not meant to be like that. So the book of Revelation, uh, let's begin reading. It says, uh, the revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. Yeah, so this was written 2,000 years ago. So some things were soon to take place. And uh, he made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who testifies uh, to everything he saw. That is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. So God reveals what's going to happen to Jesus. Jesus sends an angel and the angel gives it to John. Clear on that? Clear as water. Okay. About the things that must take place soon. So far, nothing of what John has seen. So far, nothing of what Jesus said. This is John's introduction. Who is John? I do believe that is the apostle. Some of you may disagree with me. That's okay. The language that he writes, to me, matches with the uh, Gospel of John. And so we continue... Blessed is the one who reads aloud. Oh, so there is a way about reading Revelation. It's not only and then falling asleep. It's reading aloud. Blessed. So we're not going to bless him from Revelation. Read it aloud. The words of this prophecy. 
and blessed are those who hear it and take it to heart what is written in it because the time is near so we would have to ask what is the book of revelation about so we're gonna let let to make it clear the book of revelation is about hope <coughs> we said that we need hope Australian is hope. The book of Revelation is about hope. It's not about uh, these uh, fearful things and what's happening. Yes, it writes about it, but it's about hope. Also, many have classified the book of Revelation as a book of violence. And yes, there is violence, but most of the violence does not happen from God. So people say, oh, God is a very violent God, especially uh, the, if, if you look at uh, modern scholars modern theology uh, liberal theo liberation theology um, all these things uh, they think that the book of revelation is about a violent god i disagree i think violence comes outside of god and yes the violence will i will not say anymore i don't want to give away anything anymore we will leave that when we talk about 666 yes we will be talking about the 666 and so the book of revelation uh is uh is a book about hope and i'll give you a prelude about what's gonna because next we will have about uh about the seven churches and then so there will be the introduction to the book but the book although it's about hope the center the, the core of the book of revelation is about a scroll that has got seven seals and no one can open it and the lamb is about to open it and the whole book is about that so the story evolves around a scroll that has the seven seals and there is something like chap well we will see there's, there's many many chapters that deal with that with that what's going to happen and uh, and some of you well we will talk about what the book is what the book means what other people think that book is let's now read a little bit so at least we take something away rather than just uh, um, about the uh, how to read the book of revelation so let's go to revelation 1 4 it says john to the seven churches in the province of asia grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom of priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen right here we have a very very high Christology very probably the highest of any book about Christ who Christ is so um, it talks about the father who was and is and is to come later is applied to Jesus that uh, he is the one that was uh, and is and is to come uh, we see that he saved that by his blood he gives us the whole thing about who this Jesus is and he loved us and freed us from our sins so it's all about hope right now as he's reading what's going to happen 
and the stage is, is, is being set, people will, be no, will know that this is truly about hope. And then he says something that, again, no angel told him. So John's still nothing about the book of Revelation. He says, look, he's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the peoples on the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. Where does John get that from? Can you see that uh, in our mind, as the universe has expanded for us, God has expanded, and God seems to be quite far away. Where is he then? Where is Jesus? Someone is texting us. Someone who wants to tell us the answer. He's coming what? How? When the clouds. Is this new? No, definitely not. Look at Daniel. Wow. This is hundreds of years before Jesus. In my vision at night, I looked and there before me was one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven he approached the Ancient of Days and was led into His presence. He was given authority, glory, um, and sovereign power. All nations and people of every language worshipped Him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And His kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. So Daniel, had a, this, he, he actually saw that. John didn't. Daniel saw that, that Jesus is coming with the clouds. And when he sees that I, Daniel, was troubled in spirit and the vision that passed through my mind and disturbed me, he, he was a mess with what he saw. And so uh, as we continue, it, Jesus himself says that uh, then will the sign of the Son of Man um, will appear in heaven and uh, then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming in or on the clouds with power and great glory. Um, then when uh, the high priest asked him, are you the Messiah? Jesus responds, you have said so, Jesus replied, but I say to you, to all of you, not just to the priest, from there on, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. And, uh, and let's, uh, let's do one more. After um, he said this, this is Jesus, he was taken up before their eyes and a cloud, what? From what? From their eyes. So Jesus was not far away. How high are the clouds? Today is a cloudy day. Thank you, Lord, for the rain. Uh, when you take off with a plane, and Marie, Marie is our flight attendant here, when you take off with a plane, clouds are what? Uh, 2,000 meters, and the plane goes way above. So it's not very high up. Clouds are not very high up. And so what Revelation is alluding, what the, the narrative of Revelation is saying, you know what? This Jesus is not far away. It's just he's hidden from your eyes, but he's very, very close. Unlike other writers that give him, like Solomon says, that God is so big that the universe cannot contain him, in, in Revelation, uh, he's very, very close.
And so uh, they were looking in, intently up into the sky as though he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white, angels beside them, men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who was taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way as you have seen go into heaven, which is on a cloud. So when you see a cloudy day, don't despair. Yeah. Um, let's go 1.8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who was and is and is to come, the Almighty. Let me deal first with the Lord God. Interesting, in a book of Revelation, you will not find God as the Father. So only three times is mentioned as a father, but as a father of Jesus Christ, not our father. Yeah? In Revelation, God is sovereign. God is a God of power. Because God, the Father, the loving Father, yeah, the one that embraces, forgives Jesus Christ, the crucified, is now seen different. The book of Revelation does not mention that God in this case is sovereign and has ultimate power so this is not about so when let's not make let's not mix up the two God is our father but in Revelation God is sovereign and almighty why because he's dealing with what's happening on planet earth yeah and when he says that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last letter of the alphabet, he's saying, so the music notes are also letters, A, B, C, yeah. Any song you can make cannot contain him. He's the full alphabet. Any number, so in the Greek alphabet, letters with numbers as well, Think of any number, he will be contained in that. Think of any attribute, he's contained in that. Think of any word that you see, anything that you can make, he is in that. If you see a flower, a tree, a mountain, a cloud, he is part of absolutely everything. He is the Alpha and the Omega, encompasses, embraces the whole lot. And you try to describe him with those words. And that's why we give him names that are not given. Like he doesn't call. He says, I am the, the, the non-named God. I'm the Savior. That's how he addresses himself. But we call him the rock. The rock of my salvation. What else do you call him sometime? Yeah. Bread of life, uh, my helper, my uh, tower of refuge and strength. Yeah? So we, we make up these names and he's saying, any, any that you can make on that, that's me and that's not enough. Keep making them. Come on, keep putting those words together. See what you can come up with. See if you can come up with a, a name that will describe me. And you will fall short. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning... And the end, as if he had the beginning, yeah? And is 
as if he had an end. So I know that people say and treat, oh, well, that means that he's the beginning and the end. Are you saying that God has a beginning and the end? Is that what you're saying? It couldn't possibly be that, yeah? He's the beginning, yeah? From the beginning and to the end of all things, which has got no end, yeah? But that there is alluding to more than just Jesus or God having a beginning and having an end. Thank God he doesn't have an end. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patience endurance that is held in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. So we don't know whether he was locked up, John, in Patmos, whether he was running away from the Romans, whether he was in jail. We have no idea why he's in Patmos, but we know that he's on an island. And I didn't want to bring on the map because uh, that would take too much time. But you can see from the, the island, uh, from, from where Patmos is, you could see the mainland. It was not far. But Patmos has no, no way out. John has got no way out. When he is in Patmos, he cannot swim to shore. It's too far, and there is no way that he could be rescued. There were no little tiny boats and whatnot. So, uh, no speedboats, no way of getting out of Patmos. John is trapped. John is stuck on an island that it's bare, that it's deserted, that there is nothing there. And what God is saying, hey, John, you think you've got no way out? I can tell you. What is this asked to do? To do what? Look up. Yeah? As he looked into heaven. We will see that later. There is a way out. So we're right now going through bushfires. We're going through difficult times. Is there a way out? Absolutely. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like, Sorry. Uh, uh, thank you for reminding On the Lord's day, I was in the, in the spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Hmm. So you expect to see a trumpet, which says, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pernago, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. We'll deal with the seven churches next time. Yeah? So the voice is like that of a trumpet. And when I turn around, what does he see? The voice speaking to me, when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest, the hair on his head was white like wool and as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. Does he see a trumpet? No. Can you see that? It's like in, in, in a Roman so he, he, like through a window, he would have heard a, a, a voice like a trumpet. And when he turns around, wow, this is different to what I thought. So our idea, when we think about Jesus and, and the ideas that we have, let me assure you that when we, the things happen, when we turn around, wow, it's nothing like what we heard. That's why we cannot sensationalize the book of Revelations because no matter how I sensationalize it, no matter what clips I get from the newspaper, it's going to be wrong because what we hear and what we see is two different things, yeah? His feet were like bronze uh, glowing in a furnace and his voice was like... Oh, I thought it was like a trumpet. When it was behind, it was like a trumpet. When he turned around, oh, actually his voice is different. 
Can you see how wrong we can be with the book of Revelation? Can you see how we can really mess up? And you know, I, I, I'm in awe when I hear someone talking about the book of Revelation and know exactly what's going to happen. I'm, I don't want to say names, but some people really sensationalize the book of Revelation. They know exactly what's going to happen. What's the next step? Where do you get that from? You're wrong. You have no idea. Haven't you read this? That when you hear a voice, you turn around, you see something else? Yeah. And uh, in his right hand, he held, a, held seven stars and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. Oh, I thought words were coming out of his mouth. His face was like a sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I felt at his feet as thou did. Then he placed his right hand on me and said to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. Now, and now, look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of... Okay. So John is like dead. Yeah. He falls to the ground. He faints. And Jesus is telling him, take comfort. I hold the keys to... Ah. He could have used other words there, but he used thanatos, which is the first one. The first one is... Um, many of us or in movies see as this black coated with that you know that sort of sequel i don't even know what it's called we don't use that tool anymore sequel yeah uh they used to cut grass in the olden days i used to, as, as a kid i was always told watch out because you can chop your feet and comes with that and comes to get people yeah in black well in fact uh, that's a statue there of thanatos and he could have used lizazzo, he could have used necros, he could have used uh, necrosis, or he could have used apoctado apoc as death. But he preferred to use the god Thanatos and Hades. Yeah? So Jesus is saying, you know what? These two guys that you're afraid of, that people around here worship, them, I've got the keys to them. They're nobody. What does, uh, what does Hades have next to him? Hades is the one on the, to your right. What is next uh, at the bottom? What do you see? A dog with three heads. Yeah? And remember when David wrote the Psalm 23, he said, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, the shadow of Hades, yeah? I will fear no evil, I will fear no that dog, because you have got what in your hand? and rod and staff your arm and this dog comes to bear me you know what you're going to wake him on the head yeah does it make sense psalm 23rd now 23rd psalm is talking about that although i go through the valley of shadow of hades not through hades it looks like death but it's not death so when we when someone dies and we say oh they're dead are they really dead uh maybe Maybe it's, or when, when I die, uh, it's like a shadow, but we're not dead. Yeah, we go to the presence of the Lord, wherever that is. And so I hold the keys of death and Hades. And so we're getting to the end now. Right, therefore, what you have seen, what is? 
now and what will take place later. So two things are written in Revelation. What it's now, because we don't know history, we don't know what is the now. So hopefully we will catch up to that a little bit. The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand, important, right hand, and of the seven golden lampsticks is this. The seven stars are the seven angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. John sees Jesus face to face. Not as the crucified. He sees Jesus with a white robe and golden sash. He sees Jesus as king. And he faints. Are you prepared to see him face to face? Are you ready to see him face to face? Have you thought about that? He sees, because he's in the clouds, he can actually see every one of our actions, my actions. He died for me. He saved me. He rescued me. There was a songwriter of a hymn. He said, face to face with Christ my Savior, face to face, what will it be when in rapture I behold him, Jesus Christ, who died for me? Face to face shall I behold him far beyond the starry sky, face to face in all his glory. I shall see him by and by. Only faintly now I see him with a darkling veil between. But a blessed day is coming when his glory shall be seen. What rejoicing in his presence when a banished grief and pain, when the crooked ways are straightened and the dark things shall be plain. Face to face, a blissful, blissful moment, face to face, to see and know face to face with my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, who loved me so. And you know what? On the day that will be before him, he says that everyone will see him, all the murderers, all the evil people, all the persecutors, all those that try to harm you, those that make fun of you, like what they did in the time of John they will also see him face to face and they will tremble. But what will you do? Will you run away? Will you be trembling? Will you be mourning? Like it says that some will be mourning when they see him. Or will you rejoice and you'll have relief? That only you can answer that. I cannot answer that for you. But you know what? That blessed day is coming. So the book of Revelation is about hope. And we will see him face to face. Whether we like it or not. Whether we believe in him or we don't. Whether we are close to him or not. So I encourage you to read the book of Revelation. It is a book about hope. Yeah? I wish that... Uh, 
we had a few more oldies today and we could sing that song face to face with Christ my Savior face to face what will it be and uh, but also we need to think of those that don't know him yet and share the good news may the Lord bless us bless you bless me bless this nation and that uh, we might get ready to see him sooner than later let's pray Father, we want to thank you that you have given us hope through the book of Revelation. And we pray that as we read from this book, that you continue to reveal yourself, your grace, your love, your patience with humans, with planet Earth. Lord, be merciful to us and save us and prepare us to see you face to face as we ask you. And thank you this in Jesus' name. Amen.